0: Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Uh And the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Spearzy. And Brad in LA. And today, wait a minute. Are you playing Rock You like a hurricane? That's in really bad taste, buddy.
1: I thought you'd have a sense of humor about the whole Hurricane Irma thing by now, Spearzy.
0: I'm incarcerated in my house, Lloyd. I have no power, no TV, no air conditioning, no ice for my bourbon.
1: Point taken. My, my bad. My bad. Don't forget, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. So um, normally
0: we always start the show and we tell you what the topic's going to be about. And um, the topic today is not as important as, as the fact that we're actually able to do a show today. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> the um, Hurricane Irma came through Florida a couple days ago. Um, I posted the last podcast hours before it hit Orlando. And promptly I lost power, lost cable, lost internet at my house. And the idea of even doing a show this week seemed kinda of far fetched. We were lucky enough to just kinda, of, you know, talk about it a little bit and say, well let's let's try to put together a show. We'll talk about um the five stormiest moments in eighties movies and uh just try to have some fun with it.
1: Yeah, it was either that or I was gonna have to do my the first of my seven parter on famous state call outs and movies. That's the series I really would have done. Oh, right. Number one would have been Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, it's the obvious one. <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma. He'll enjoy Oklahoma's wide open spaces. He loves to run and run and run.
0: You know it took a real beating because of Hurricane Irma. My fantasy football plan for week one. Uh by now you probably know we're pretty psyched to have FanDuel on as a sponsor for our shows.
1: So so wait, you're saying you couldn't play? Is that a no. forfeit? Do I win automatically?
0: That's the only way you're gonna beat me. Uh no, my power went out and I didn't have internet. So I was, I could probably have done it on my iPhone, but I was trying to conserve my battery. Uh, So I sat out week one and I I still don't have internet at home. We're recording this show from the office. So I I don't know if I may have to sit out week two, but um, however long it takes me to get uh, my electricity back.
1: Well, don't sweat it, man, because as you know, with FanDuel, it's a new game every week. You'll still have a dozen or more chances to take me down and win big.
0: That's true. Plus, it gives me a chance to get to know the players a little bit better. My favorite team hasn't even played a game yet. The Bucks, uh, they're (laughs) killing me here. But that's kind of what's so cool about FanDuel. It is a new game every single week, hurricane or no Hurricane. And because they're a sponsor of Stuck in the 80s, we have a special promo
1: to tell you about in a minute. Look, we're not the first two people to figure out why FanDuel is so cool. More than 2.5 million players have won cash prizes playing FanDuel, and you can start for just a dollar. You know, pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time.
0: By the way, any word from our listeners on forming a Stuck in the 80s league?
1: Yeah, while you were busy picking roof shingles up from your yard and pretending to be a middle ages surf, Uh, we got emails from about a dozen different stuck-in-the-80s friends who want to form a league. I I did hear that Molly in North Carolina wants in. She definitely wants in. Cool. Let's make this work. So email us at podcast at sit80s.com if you're interested in forming a private league with me and Spearsy, the powerless, internetless wonder.
0: (laughs) Sign up today at fanduel.com. Just click the join now button and use our code radical new users get free entry into the NFL Sunday million with over a million dollars in cash prizes. When you make your first deposit on FanDuel, just visit FanDuel.com and sign up with promo code radical. That's FanDuel.com promo code radical void or prohibited.
1: You know what else is prohibited here? Spearsy? No more whining about hurricanes,
0: dude. Come on. I have no internet at home. I've been sitting around work for 12 hours today waiting for you to get off so we could record this show. This whole episode is basically about being dark in the 80s.
1: Well, I guess you got a point there, my friend.
0: So here's the, uh, the idea here. Brad and I have come up with our top five stormy movements of the 80s. Uh, think of this as a voodoo doll for future hurricanes. Uh, nothing scientific <laughs> here. <laughs> nothing scientific. It was hard, actually, because th- the thing is, I mean, disaster movies are not an 80s thing.
1: Yeah, it's not an '80s phenomenon. You got your your airport, you got your spoofs of them, like airplane, but airport. Those movies were all in the '70s. Poseidon Adventure, all in the '70s.
0: Right, right. And then after the '80s, disaster movies made a comeback. You started getting um, Cast Away. Uh, there was a Poseidon remake. Yeah. There was, you know, uh, 21, Stuff tw- like 2012. Yeah, The day
1: after, or what is it? The the next tomorrow when the climate the changes day overnight. After tomorrow, no oh, whatever just, it's called. Yeah. We're,
0: we're we're chock full of uh, disaster movies again, but for some reason, like the eighties were like a disaster free zone. So, too many pretty- real
1: life disasters that we didn't want to be entertained by disasters. We were all like worried about getting bombed to oblivion.
0: Well, and it's funny because here I am. It's you know what thirty years after the eighties, I'm dealing with you know. I was without power for three days after Hurricane Irma rolled through. When I finally got power, it was like Christmas morning. I was so happy I was dancing around.
1: <laughs> like, I've returned to the 19th century. Yeah. <laughs> when you have
0: no internet and you have no power and you have no roommate, basically all it comes down to is me staring at the wall for like 20 hours a
1: day. So, next time this happens, I'm sending you some books, like some honest to God paper books.
0: No, I I found one um, called the Impossible Fortress. I don't Just like hold on Fahrenheit to books. 451
1: all over again.
0: I, I don't hold on to books, but I found this one that I got sent a review copy of something called the Impossible
1: Fortress, and it's about oh yeah, that looks great.
0: It does, and it's, it's 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 like Ready Player One without the science fiction, you know, and it's it, it's a good book. I, I so I started reading that, and that like thankfully. Uh, got the time to pass. And then That's cool. y- yesterday I came in and I started conceiving this idea, the stormy moments of the 80s. So it wasn't easy. We tried to make these as, as naturally disastrous as possible. And they're not movies. These are just moments from movies. Right. So without further ado, let's get started with our top five stormy moments of the 80s with number five. Number five. I give you the 1989
1: movie, Millennium. TUA-35 Heavy, could you give me your location? Minneapolis, we are currently heading zero. TUA-35, turn to My God! Jesus, down! Go down! For Flight 35... We are going down! ...it was the end. Do not be afraid.
0: Or was it? Walk towards the light what unusual facts have you developed in your investigation this crash has been
1: crazy from the start is there anything odd going backwards i'm afraid i still don't know what you're driving at
0: i'm simply looking for the inexplicable i usually find it
1: you're endangering a project that's bigger than you can imagine no damn while well. we can't change the past. Time travels. They don't want to be found. Then you're from the future. About a thousand years. Sherman, send the gate. Once in a thousand years comes an adventure
0: like this. We've been expecting you. Millennium.
1: Do you remember seeing this movie? I don't remember this movie at all. You sent me the, <laughs> the clip for this and I had to go and look it up and I'm reading the plot and I'm like, this looks like something a sixth grader wrote for a sci-fi uh, assignment.
0: It well, it, was, it, it just it, looks it, awful.
1: Yeah. It, it started out, I guess, in the 70s.
0: The mid-70s as a short story and then it got uh, written into novel form. And it took them until the late 80s to find someone, you know – Big enough sucker to make it. the The idea, yeah, seriously, you haven't seen Chris this. Chris one. in
1: 1989 was looking for a comebacker at any price. so... This was not yeah. it. <laughs> this wasn't it. Good try, Chris.
0: Uh, so the the idea here is that this it's this no movie's, Convoy. it's no convoy. Convoy is so much better. Uh, Space this convoy. Was, yeah, <laughs> that's an elevator pitch. the The idea being that the future is sending people back to the past, i.e. present day 1989, because there are um, there's a, a paradox that's going to happen. Someone important to the future, some, something's going to happen to them. It's going to destroy the future. And so what they do is they send people back to the past, And in this case, the form of Cheryl Ladd, and they, they take people from planes that are about to crash and they, t- they take them off the plane and replace them with dummies, like humanoid dummies. And they, t- they take those people and they use, it to- they use them to seed the future, the future beyond the time quakes that happen after the paradox. So, Time Quake. Time Quake, which would have been a much better name for the. I would have watched this movie a lot earlier. Yeah, had time had been- Quake oh. sounds, sounds interesting. Why not? You know
1: what it kind of reminds me of? Did you ever see Free Jack?
0: it's like that yes
1: you know free jack is just outside the the 80s but and it's terrible no <laughs> it's, it's really, really bad. bad but emilio estevez is a, a race car driver who's basically about to die in some crazy fiery crash and he is sucked out and brought into the future so like i don't even remember they can harvest his organs or something or they can move <laughs> like mick mick Jagger that too. mick yeah. jaggers consciousness into his young body or something Look, look folks Mick jagger doesn't need that he's doing fine Mick <laughs> he's jagger doesn't doesn't need help but Mick jagger's out of uh west of us it's all, it seems similar to that kind of like it is
0: it is it's it's a when i say this movie is is a disaster i mean the movie is a disaster <laughs> um, it's not just
1: about a disaster it's it's, it's,
0: it's, it's I, I don't know i didn't even bother to do the research to see what kind of reviews i got it just doesn't look good or play good and yet it still gets i still see it show up on cable tv more often than movies that are 10 times better i don't understand really? what that's all about yeah huh? so anyway you can find it it's I, I know i've seen it on hbo i know i've seen it on other cable channels millennium from 1989 and that's uh so is it a man-made disaster or a natural disaster i mean that's kind of like for the future uh, philosophers to, to argue over. In the meantime... Aren't we're men be...
1: part of nature, Yes, Spearzy? Are we not yes. part of the grand experiment?
0: I hope so. Uh, in any case, let's move on to uh, number four. Number four. Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home.
1: Spock, as suspected, the probe's transmissions are the songs sung by whales. Whales? Specifically humpback whales that's crazy who would send a probe hundreds of light years to talk to a whale it's possible whales have been on fire earlier than man. 10 million years earlier and humpbacks were heavily hunted by man they've been extinct since the 21st century it is possible that an alien intelligence sent the probe to determine why they lost contact my god spot could the humpbacks answer to this call they simulate the sounds but not the language we would be responding in gibberish does the species exist on
0: any other planet negative humpbacks were indigenous to earth earth of the past well i have no choice We must destroy the
1: probe before it destroys earth to attempt to do so would be futile admiral the probe could render us neutral easily well, i can't just turn away There must be an alternative. There is one possibility, but of course I cannot guarantee success. We could attempt to find some humpback whales. You just said there aren't any, except on Earth of the past. Yes, don't you? That is exactly what I said. Well, in that case... Now wait just a damn minute. Fuck. Start your computations for Time Warp. Uh, That's so good, Steve. It's so good.
0: (laughs) I love Is, is it wrong to love Star Trek IV, a.k.a. the whale movie?
1: If it's wrong to love Star Trek four, then Spearsy, I don't want to be right. I don't want to be part of this experiment. Put me on control Earth instead of experiment Earth.
0: So remember, um, only the even-numbered uh, Trek movies are any good. So two, four, six, et etc. et cetera. Um, And so that leaves us with the tale of Earth unable to negotiate with a foreign probe that is tearing up the planet's oceans and threatens to leave the entire planet in ruins unless... Starfleet Federation can figure out a way to communicate with it. Turns out, you know, Mr. Spock, freshly uh, revived from the grave. <laughs> He's feeling good. His brain's firing. Yeah, yeah. He's got, you know, far less He's wild got his turkey in robe. robe. <sighs> he uh, figures it out that the um, when you listen to the probe's communications underwater, which is where they're aimed, it replicates
1: the sound of a humpback whale. Captain signals indicate humpback whale song.
0: <laughs> right. So basically yeah. they but the, the inter, put, not the enterprise cuz they're aboard a uh, Klingon
1: Bird right, of Prey, a Bird of
0: Prey. They have to do time travel to go back to ni- to 1980s where everything is right in the world and find I understand it's months.
1: tricky to do the time travel.
0: <laughs> it is. They find two humpback whales and they bring them back and everything's fine. So the rain stops. Listen, well, the rain stops. Trust voila, me, knew- weather control. If I knew this was possible, I would have, I would have rounded up a couple of manatees and a dolphin to save us from Irma. <laughs> Did you? I don't know if you. I don't know what kind of news coverage you got on California, but that was a problem here in Florida with the um, the storm surge and yeah. like the bays of water being sucked out, and people yeah, that was But the problem was that um, uh, manatees and dolphins were beaching themselves. Oh gosh! And so people were having to go out there and do what they could to save them. You know, move well, them manatees tees. are
1: huge too. It's not oh, like you God, just pick God, it up I and did. drag
0: it. Right? No, I don't. I don't know what they did. I I didn't even want to read the story to be honest. It was when they you used have a no manatee power desert. and you're sweating to death and you're taking. I swear to God, I took ten <laughs> showers on Monday. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> save the manatee! Come save me! <laughs> yeah. Someone pour some water on me and cover me with wet towels. That was about the only way I was going to make it through. That's the only way I made it we through could, the heat was because it was 91 degrees outside and I, the water still works. so I was able to take showers, but that's about it. Um, so I yeah, took like I took like one every other hour.
1: It's like, i bored. Take a shower.
0: Yeah. So anyway, uh, Leonard Nimoy directed uh, Star Trek For The Voyage Home. I don't know that P- the critics loved it. I know that hardcore fans are somewhat split on it because it's definitely a happier, feel-good type of Star Trek movie. But I love it. I will watch it every time it comes on.
1: I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I I, I love the the uh, just the interplay with the characters, and they're just so kind of guileless in the in the eighties, San Francisco, and the you know like the double dumbass on you thing. Like I'm just I'm going to swear back at you. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm going to say it. And right. of course, you know Spock giving the neck pinch to the punker on the yeah. on the bus. That's amazing. That's just a great scene.
0: Star Trek movies just in general are better when they deal with time travel. And anytime there's a a shift in the uh, time space continuum, a Star Trek movie or episode is better. That's just a fact, scientifically proven. I'm on board with that fact. Unlike the number three movie on our list. Here we go. Number three from 1988: The Great Outdoors. How you doing? Well, well, it ain't
1: raining. So, 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 that, 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 that's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You fellas met Reg? No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, uh, How you doing? Roman Craig. Pleased to meet you. Uh, Chet Ripley. <laughs> huh. How do you do? There's quite a hairdo you got going there, Rich. You don't have a neo-skunk thing? Roman, oh, what do you doing? Jeez. Well, he's got
0: the hair. Well, you don't have to say anything. Well, His hair turned white because lightning hit him. He's been struck by lightning. How many times is it now, Reg? Six times. Six, 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 sixty-six times. Sixty-six times. God, that's gotta hurt. I, I don't care what you say, Brad. When you've been hit 66 six, 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 times in the head by lightning, you're you're having a worse day than I had.
1: I, I would say so, yeah. And it did some funny things to his hair.
0: Yeah, did this movie kind of you? You still see it every once in a while. It pops up on cable.
1: Yeah, not all the time, but you do see it, and it's. I don't know. It's funny the just that that scene, just the short scene before that with Aykroyd and Candy. It's like, oh my gosh, they're both so young. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. That
0: this is what nineteen eighty eight. So it just has all the feel of a of a feel good family movie where you you don't necessarily you think you know where the plot's going, but it doesn't. And uh, yeah. it's definitely going to be one of John Candy's most uh, lovable roles. I don't even know if there's really a a role that you can point out for John Candy where you say he's not lovable, but.
1: Uh, Mm, yeah that's kind of who he that's kind of the space he occupied but uh, you know it's funny because when i watch this clip i'm like that guy's familiar what have i seen him in and sure enough that's gary's dad from 16 candles gary's dad is reg yeah who's gary (laughs) (laughs)
0: mom i was not tossing off
1: (laughs) i was combing my hair and i hate compliments oh man so here's a story, I actually I met a woman one time who had been hit by lightning. Really? Yeah, so this is I was I was running a marathon, so I'm like at bound mile 13 or 14 where you th- everything's feeling good and you're like, "Oh, this is not a problem." And the thing about when you're doing that is you you're kind of looking for things to distract you a little bit from the stupidity of signing up for a marathon. And so you, I basically, I will chat with anybody. And so I'm, you run along and you kind of run with people for a while. And this woman and I get to talking and she's like, Oh yeah, I got hit by lightning. I was supposed to actually be doing a triathlon today, but I couldn't finish. And I'm like, what? So she was telling me the story. She was riding her bike in Colorado doing training and basically woke up on the side of the road with a burn mark on her ankle. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's like a spot where it left her body, and I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get a tattoo of a little lightning bolt there." I'm like, "Okay, you know, I'm I'm not really interested in putting tattoos on my body, but that's a pretty cool idea." But did uh, I mean did did she say there were any other side
0: effects or anything?
1: No, she was in the hospital for a couple of days, and then you know, she's like, she was really proud. Like, I was on 47 local news channels and. You know, I got, I was interviewed by, you know, all these different organizations. And so then of course, you know, because I'm always looking for the pun in life, when I got home, I looked up her name and found her time and saw that I had beaten her, which means that I, Steve, am faster than lightning.
0: Oh, I knew it. I could see it coming. I'm like, where's he going with this?
1: Yeah. You knew, everyone knew. Thank you for, thank you for indulging me. I appreciate
0: that. We, We let these things happen. Um, Meanwhile, let's go on to number two. Number two. Uh, People never think of it as an 80s movie, but it does squeak in there in 1980. Caddyshack. Ah! I I would love to actually play the full clip of. This great scene where, um, you know, it's, it's obviously Bill Murray and the bishop playing golf in the rain, but it goes on forever. And Yeah,
1: it is a long scene. And, and all it's a how little it is. Yeah, a little bit of that is the, yeah, <laughs> the pre-MTV edit sensibility where they yeah. let things run a little bit longer. Right. I don't know that a week goes by where I don't say,
0: ah, rat farts at the top of my lung. And everybody <laughs> kind of looks at me like, nobody gets it. Yeah. Nobody gets it. You need a higher class of coworkers. Well, isn't? they're all like in their 20s here, so I'm
1: screwed. You need to have like cultural awareness lunches where you show them important movies.
0: Well, you know what's funny is they, they do know some 80s movies. Like they'll know – they all know The Last Starfighter.
1: Okay. Hmm, interesting choice.
0: They can, quote, they can quote that all day long. Actually, I think Gary's dad is in The Last Starfighter too. <laughs> oh, no. we gotta get. I wonder if he's still alive. Can we get him on the show?
1: Oh, that'd be amazing. You're like,
0: what? Stuck in the 80s. I'm sorry. So they all know. They know Last Starfighter. They know Blade Runner. They know the classic sci-fi movies of the 80s because they're nerds. Okay. Same as me.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're that special class of people. Right.
0: You start rolling out. uh, You start trying to quote spies like
1: us and stuff like that. Forget it. You know, I was going to hook your family up with the Disney Channel for free, but you can forget about that. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There is
0: one movie from the 80s that they – that they can quote from very mightily and it's the number one pick on our list of uh, top stormy moments of the 80s. Number one, 1985's Back to the Future. Marty, I'm sorry, but the only power source capable of generating 1.21 gigawatts of electricity is a bolt of lightning. What did you say? A bolt of lightning. Unfortunately, you never know when or where it's ever going to strike. We do now. it. This is the answer. It says here that a bolt of lightning is going to strike the clock tower precisely 10.04 p.m. next Saturday night. If, If we could somehow harness this lightning, channel it into the flux capacitor, it just might work. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. See, so not all natural disasters in the 80s were bad.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the lightning is a major character in this movie, in the whole series, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah, without the the great Hill Valley thunderstorm on the night of, anyone, anyone?
1: Oh, gosh, I know
0: it's 1955. November 12th, 1955.
1: Uh, Oh, very good. You know your history.
0: Uh, Marty McFly would never have made it home, so. That's heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there we go. That's the other line everybody knows.
1: What is there something wrong with the podcast gravitational force?
0: <laughs> There's a lot of things wrong with the podcast. This is the first time I've ever recorded a show from the office. It's Oh really? It's, oh. I do it all the time. I'm the only one here. It's pretty late at night here in Orlando. I should be home with my bottle of liquor. But instead we have some unfinished business. The the suggies. Suggies. Familiar tones of I want my mystery TV theme song. I can't believe I actually got that right without having it written down.
1: You are a marvel
0: Steve Spears. My uh, notes are very sparse today. My desk is littered with um, prescription bottles.
1: (laughs) empty Uh, Empty
0: ice trays. There's some mustard that I for some reason bought And have left in my office for the last three days, as I've been making eating sandwiches and stuff like that.
1: Seemed like a good idea at the time.
0: You try going down hot food for four or five days; it's fun. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know the drill. Hill, we're going to play a bit of a theme song from the '80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for some swag. The last time we did this show, it was a puzzler. Here's the clip. (music) Yes, that's Spencer for hire. Brad Williams gets the blame or the credit if you didn't get this one right because he picked
1: it. Hey, you know, Robert Urich, he's a pretty well-known guy. I I didn't watch this show at all. I was going to go with Vegas, but that's more 70s than 80s. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I don't know that I would have known that one either.
1: Yeah. Well, so Spencer for Hire, for those of you who didn't do your homework, uh, mystery TV series is based on a series of novels written by Robert Parker and it was developed for TV by John Wilder and starred Robert, Robert Urich, as we mentioned and it was on ABC from 85 to 88. You say John Wilder I'm like I just would go John Wilder?
0: John, John Wilder? Wilder? <laughs> He's John Wilder? He's John Wilder? John Wilder? Vision John Wilder?
1: Yeah, so this I did okay, you know, it was it was entertaining. Um it was really expensive to make, which is one of the reasons it got canceled. It was oh, yeah. uh, shot on location in Boston, so Uh, They were spending a lot of money on permits and, uh, you know, kickbacks to the local constabulary.
0: Well, as we all know from our recent history, nothing good comes from Boston.
1: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So uh, take a deep breath and tell us who the winners were. Okay, the winners this week are, they do not include, they are Dave Augie August. One winner? One winner.
0: There can be only one. I'm assuming that nobody emailed me directly with the answer because I, like I said, no email counting on Brad to uh, carry the
1: water on this one. So I'm not surprised. That's a tough one. I'm not spinning the wheel. (laughs) Dave, send me a mailing address. (laughs) I'm saving my shoulder for next week.
0: Okay. Save your shoulder for this one. Here we go. Here's this week's mystery TV clip. (laughs) If you know it, Email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you are the winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
1: I'm in no shape for physical fitness. All you need is a shower. I need more
0: than a shower. You still don't feel better? Try this, though. It's cold. Gee, cold smells sensational. And it feels sensational. Look at all this
1: leather. I do feel better. It'll be even easier next time. No other soap picks you up quite like Coast, the eye-opener.
0: So we're back, and uh, from what I understand, aside from Hurricane Irma news, there's a uh, another cataclysmic event about to happen. You're about to become an empty
1: nester, Brad. Yeah, this weekend we're taking my daughter to college, packing oh, up the
0: car, packing up the family truckster. You're driving her? You're not flying? Yeah.
1: No, it's not that far. I mean, it's far enough, but it's just easier with all the stuff to just load up the family minivan and drive. So, like, tomorrow I will be sitting in the passenger seat of the car working so I don't have to take a vacation. Be- <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, what, so what did
0: you buy her ahead of time? Did you get the mini fridge ahead of time?
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, pretty much everything but the mini fridge. Both of her roommates, she's in a, you know, every room, we've talked about this, every dorm room that you and I ever lived in that was for two people now has three people in it. So, uh, you know, both of her roommates live within 30 miles of campus. So I basically said to her, I'm okay buying one, but could you have one of them do it since they don't have so far to go? I mean, like, I I don't have any interest in owning another mini fridge at the end of this, so, like... Find out what a third of it is and we'll just write them a check or hand them cash and make it go away. Yeah, yeah. They're not that pricey, but No, they really aren't. I mean, you know, for $150 you can get a refrigerator and a microwave and be done with it. You should see
0: my niece's fridge that she got for college. It's 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 almost the size of a full fridge and freezer. Wow. And all she I mean, it's or it's like it's like two thirds of the size.
1: Yeah, they they are bigger than back in the day when they yeah. were like little foot and a half cube things. So, but yeah, I mean we've got we pretty much have everything. It's not like when we took uh, my son to school and we bought everything on site and just like were roaming the aisles of Target with all the other families trying to get a you know it was like trying to beat them to the closet organizers and the hangers and the, you know whatever other crap you needed to get them set up. Oh, you need a couple power strips. Oh yeah, don't forget the lava lamp. Oh, we got to get a lava lamp. <laughs> you didn't get a lava lamp, did you? Cameron really wanted a lava lamp, so, you know, it was 10 bucks at Target. So, you know what? Sure, kid. Have a lava lamp. If it makes you happy, not a problem. Oh, really? Well, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. impressed that you would do that. He had one when he was a little kid, so it was kind of a fond memory for him. I'm just kind of curious what else these days
0: kids would have in their dorm room that we had in our dorm room in the 80s. Like, did they have, um, like, I had a black light, but I don't think my parents approved of that.
1: I don't think that's a thing anymore, no. Um Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember. The stuff we got is all, like, so super practical. Um, But there were also, like, this summer, Society6 was running all these wall-hanging sales. So both of my kids picked out, like, cool art to hang on their wall. And actually, Cameron did this really cool thing with um, CD cases where he basically made a a mosaic of CDs on the wall behind his desk. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like... Like electric kettle, you want an electric kettle? I mean, like, okay, <laughs> you know, it just—it's very practical stuff. I'm I'm sure that the crazy stuff happens after mom and dad leave.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that'd be fun. I, I I'd, yeah. I'd be curious to see what your, how you are after you're finally you know, at home with no kids.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, when I don't know if remember if I talked about this, but the the moment, the most emotional moment when we dropped off my son was when my daughter went to hug him goodbye and she just broke down. She oh, was just no. weeping. And I don't think she had their twins. I know I've mentioned that, but I don't think she'd really thought about the fact that she wasn't going to see him every day or she wasn't letting herself like just kind of holding that back. And then when the hug came, it was like, Oh, and you know, poor, poor Cameron, I'm looking, I'm standing on, you know, with Cameron's facing me and he looks at me with the classic, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, dude, look. Like, I have no idea what's happening. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, just keep hanging on there. Just keep hanging on. It's fine. <laughs> so I'm not sure what, what's going to – I don't know. I, I mean, they're both ready to go. But I think that Claire is, you know, a little bit more connected to home and is going to – you know, has expressed more that she's, you know, like, oh, I'm a little worried about missing you guys. And so uh, hopefully that's not too – Uh, you know, too intense. But you know, if it is, it is. I'll let you guys know.
0: Well, anybody who thinks that uh, Brad's going to have so much free time on his hands that we're going to start doing daily podcasts. They're out of their minds. You are nuts. Not happening. Stop asking me the question. (laughs) Well, once a week is about the most
1: we can possibly handle. You know what they say? Once a king, always a king, but once a night is enough. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway,
0: thanks to everyone who's been uh, messaging me and emailing me asking how I was and, you know, seeing if there's anything you can, you know, do. There's really not. I mean, it's just when you're in a situation like these hurricanes, you just, you know, to quote Aria Speedwagon, you just you just ride it out. But um, we hope you at least you had some fun with this week's topic. Um, we'll be back next week. At, we promised at some point we were going to do a show to try to make Brad feel even worse and talk about like favorite <laughs> mopey moments of the 80s but um yeah we'll yeah. see how that, we'll see how that comes to pass we'll also be coming back uh with Jen's trivia game Jen with one N the trivia game that we started last week we got a lot of positive uh feedback on that she's already come up with the questions for uh, the next time she's on the oh, show Oh man I'm sure she's already sent them to you Steve No no <laughs> why would you say that's the meanest thing you've ever said to me uh, it's
1: actually probably not. It's the meanest thing you've ever heard me say to you.
0: Yeah, but in the end, we'll just end with the meanest song you could possibly play when you're in my situation. So along with the scorpion, Brad, and his soon-to-be-empty nest, we remain here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s.
1: Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. Yeah,
0: um, I don't remember what I said.